This is HPR episode 1981 entitled HPR Community News for February 2016 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 87 minutes long. The summary is HPR Community News for February 2016. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to Hacker Public Radio. Hacker Public Radio is a community podcast network, which means that, like in Barcamp, there are no fixed agendas and there are no fixed speakers. Anybody is more than welcome to step up to the plate, record a show and submit it to Hacker Public Radio. To bring everybody up to speed about what's going on on the mail list, rundown of the previous shows, welcoming new hosts, we have once a month a HPR community news show, which is open to any member of the HPR community, both active participants who submit shows and people who listen, to come along and join and talk, shoot the breeze, so to speak. Joining me tonight, shooting the aforementioned breeze, is Mr. Dave Morris. How are you, Dave? Hi, Ken. I'm great, thanks. How are you? I am fine. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Made all the better by the addition of three new members to our um, community of hosters, as in people who have submitted shows. Would you like to introduce them? Although I probably would manage not to butcher them this month. Okay, I'll I'll, uh, I'll do my traditional role, as it seems to be. Anyway, <laughs> we I'll have uh, them later on. <laughs> <laughs> Nacho Jordi is the first one, which uh, is a good name. I like that. John that, Doe. I wonder is that his real name or his handle? Either way, cool name. Props no to idea. his no uh, idea. props no to his mom if it is a a uh, real name. Yeah, cool. John Doe, as I said, who's a name, it's a name I've come across before. I can't remember where. It's an uh, it's the American Joe Joe Blogs. It's the American version of Joe Blogs. If somebody doesn't know, have a name, they get introduced. I was I was being 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 facetious. That could be uh, his real name, you know. That would be really it's entirely possible. A massive amount of trouble if he ever does get hit by a bus. <laughs> and uh, the the speech synthesis has terrible trouble with the third host. His uh, handle is Mirror Shade Shades, I think. But yes. uh, it's uh, it's in Leet Leet Speak, or however you. As say it, it should be. As it should be. I was surprised you didn't do um, you didn't put that into your said uh, expression to turn stuff into Leet Speak. That might be one good example. You, you've 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 been looking at my notes, haven't you? <laughs> I have indeed, and I have a few comments about your notes, David. Ah, okay. Anyways, can you hear me still? Yes. 
So the first show of last month was the HBR Community News, which we recorded. The audio quality was absolutely terrible. But uh, yes, I don't know what it was. Just all my recordings last month were just terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Well, uh, we, we were expecting a lot of a, of a Zoom recorder, I think, weren't we? Trying to get like three people at different places around one of those guys. And they're a bit directional, are they? Are they not? Is that not what it is? Well, I just think I didn't set it up properly. And what really killed it was that small mini fridge thing. It was just at the same height and it was going throughout. But anyway, it is what it is. Any recording is better than no recording. One of our many mottos here in HPR. Indeed. There is a comment on that, which uh, Mike Ray says, XML Starlet, yes, please. Ken, there are lots of folks here who would be interested in hearing about XML Starlet. Anything else you can share about XML? Um, various, he's used various expat parsers and various programming languages, toolkits for ages, never got the grips with DOMS type parsers, and I'm continually annoyed that expat isn't a validating parter, parser. Anything you can tell me about other ways to work with XML would be cool. I think XML is a great thing. Put it in a box markdown. One of the important things that happen online publishing, data exchange for decades. It's okay. I can't compare markdown with the huge importance of XML, but I think anything that's flexible that is based on pure text was great. Okay. I'm, well, I, yeah, I quite agree. I quite agree with him about... Uh, XML Starlet, yes. So you've got my vote. Yeah, I've uh, I've uh, started a text file in my uh, in my HPR shows directory about it. That that is not a promise to anybody, but it's it's uh, as you know, it is a where do you start? And you have to go back. Well, if somebody's talking about XML Starlet, you need to know XPath. If you need to know XPath, you know need to know about how different types of parsers work. And if you need to know how different types of parsers work, you need to know about uh, X, uh, how XML is written. And if you need to talk about XML, you need to go back and write, say, uh, describe how XML is and what's the difference between XML and Markdown. And uh. So yes, I'm starting, but it's going to be a long journey. Yes, yes, I, I do. I do know. I feel your pain because I started on a Vim thing, if you recall, and, and I, I've, I've got really bogged down in that one. I really have to get back to it. But boy, is it you, you don't realize what you're taking on necessarily. And the the problem with this is that I just I'm not necessarily a big fan of XML. Although, I, yeah, you work with anything long enough, you do begin begin to see it. And I, you know, I really, as you know, Dave, I approach a problem from. I will fix the problem and then I'll walk away from the problem. Um, and my my, I just realised how little XML I actually know after all this time. But anyway, yeah, I, I again, I sympathise. But on the other hand, um, I should say to myself, uh, as I as I would to anybody else, is basically try and do as much as you can. And if there are bits you don't know, just but the shout out for if people know more about this particular topic they should do a show about it and that way we can add it to a series indeed yes make a start at least exactly any show if it ain't on the server it ain't a show there you go another motto Whoa, yes. Okay, the next day we had FOSTEM, K-Building, Level 1, Group B, and C, which is CSRT, DRLM, Gluster, OpenVert, OpenVZ, Free Software Foundation, ReactOS, BerryOS, Debian, PostSQL, OpenMandriva, Mangeo, and Gen2. All 
interviews. Indeed. What, what does one say? It's, it's a magnum opus, this, this one, on your part, and uh, some fascinating stuff. I just picked out the ones that really interested me, but, uh, you know, I can comment on Postgres sounded great, and Owen Mandriva, Magia, Gentoo sounded fascinating, but, but I shouldn't, you know, be selective. It was, it was a great, great uh, series of interviews. Again, it's it's with these I don't really take any credit other than the fact that yeah it's a lot of work to uh, to do it and it's a lot of work to edit it mostly you know getting the information for the sh- for the links this this is one of the shows where I try to push out the boat on show notes you know so that people can jump to a particular section and play uh, you know when they press the interview they play their own interview rather than having to listen through um whole go stuff or skip forward to a particular period of time and it's important also to get the um to get the twitter handles and all that stuff in but again the whole thing was you know these this these are the people who are at fostem it is just it's really easy you just say hi and blah tell me about the project yes it's it's still a lot of work though. I've seen you I've seen, seen you struggling through that through the day. Uh, there was a the, yeah exactly. There was the first day we had a uh, we we won't stop on each of these, but the first day we had a um, we were two days, and then the, the first day we had I was there for from when after the the first the opening speech. Well, I had a I did the BST interview first, which came out as last, but. Um, uh, Leonard Pottering one talk I went to, which turned out to be a bit of a disappointment. I I thought myself. Yes, and and other people said the same. I think. And uh, so then, from then, the whole way through the day, I like didn't even go to the restroom or have water or a sandwich or anything. Thankfully, the following day, you made sure I had food, so that was uh, that was excellent. I, I had no idea that you you were you were so desperately in need of a sandwich or something the first day. I apologise for not uh, not even asking. No, not not a not a worry. But like, I really wanted to get everyone, and I was trying to keep it short. But you know, when you've got interesting people what can you do except ask them the there's a certain amount of questions that you have to ask they're interesting people and you have to do justice to the project so you gotta yeah you know, you're sitting there and you're i'm thinking of the people who are listening to this and you have to ask the questions that they would be asking and then it's it's as long as it's going to be but surprisingly there was only about two hours that wasn't um you know, there wasn't uh, downtime where I was collecting their names and stuff, going from booth to booth. So in all that, so that was it was pretty pretty high efficiency uh, recording to uh, walking around. Cool, yeah, P- pretty nice. And I then, of course, I come home and I realised that there was a whole other section because they had two sections in the K building, the ground floor and the top floor, and then the AW building. And then in the H building, last year there was only a book, uh, the O'Reilly book, so I thought oh, I won't bother going over there. And then I was coming home and was realising, hey, there's a whole go missing people here. And then there was one uh, one guy with a, you know, the 3D printed laptops? And he came over right. with his own specification. I had a half an hour interview of him. I cannot find it head I can't find anywhere. I have two recorders and two backup um, Sansas and the H2, and I cannot find the recording. And That's, uh, uh, that's a real shame. And also then with the, uh, yeah, with the other interview, then we had uh, 
uh, with RMS from the night before, it just it's it's all I can see an hour and a half of it there, but only uh, forty five minutes come out in the feed. But we can talk about that later. Shall we go through some of the comments? Yes, indeed. So um, yeah, I'll start this time um, on uh, nineteen fifty seven, which we were just talking about. Mike Ray uh, congratulates you, saying great job, Ken. And a uh, mixed bag of responses from those dis- distros you asked about. Uh, what was they? One, 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 I think it's a shorthand for accessibility. I, 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 I knew what he meant, but I'd ne- never come across that way of expressing it. Neither did I. No. Um, the, uh, the most, shall I read this all out? It's quite long. Well, just um, so summarise Yeah, he's uh, basically saying that people are still not fully recognising the, the issue of accessibility and, uh, and and sort of being a little bit embarrassed about being asked about it, I, I, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's making the point that it's, uh, it's be a good idea to get people to try and use these things wearing a blindfold. Yeah, that's, that's an the, excellent point. That was a, uh, an idea that I, I proffered, but I really, uh, I did want to bring up accessibility with all the tables, make sure that it's it's something that's discussed. But from their point of view, you're a developer and you're working on your one particular thing. And from your point of view, perhaps you do spend a lot of time on accessibility or perhaps you do spend a lot of time on visual uh, thingy. Perhaps you spend a lot of time working on uh, whatever. So they... I. I think there's a gap there, and I'm going to have a good, serious think about that between now and next year, about uh, how we can most productively bring the message across, because um, there are, there, as I said in the thing, there's lots of people, nobody is anti-accessibility. It's just, I think, perhaps we need to get the message out clearer, and we need to bring... Uh, you know, something like the uh, freedesktop.org. We should have like openaccessibility.org or something that is not focused on building a distro. And it's not focused on this, that, that, and the next thing. It's just a way to help people communicate and to put people in touch with. You want to log an accessibility, um, uh, but you're running a bug. You you come into a bug with accessibility. Is it a KDE one? One is it a Fedora one? Is it an Ubuntu? Where do you, where where which is the right place to put that bug in? That would be handy. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a sort of aware awareness raising process, isn't it? That uh, people will, if if it's pointed out to them, say, "Oh yeah, yeah." Well, we haven't really catered for that, but but it should be something that's in their minds much earlier on in the in the chain, isn't it? Yeah, there's that, but there's also the you know from from the developer's point of view, um, there's there are presentations out there already already given at FOSTEM last year about accessibility and how you can check accessibility in your application. So that's that's technically covered, but I think what would be beneficial is for okay, how can you as a sighted person or as a non non impaired person help with accessibility? Thing number one is I turned on accessibility and uh, or in KDE five because Jonathan Dell says yeah, you just go and you click it on and it's accessible, and yes I did that I turned it on and it becomes accessible, and what you hear is frame, 
text. Nothing else that's on the screen. Okay, now I know I have a bug. And I know the developer who wrote that hadn't read the presentation um, that another developer gave of FOSTEM two years ago saying, okay, here's how um, here's how you, you know, you don't call anything text. You have to say this is the password box rather than text box one. This is the, you, sorry, this is the username box rather than text box one. This is the password box rather than, you know, uh, password box too and you have to take into account the flow that the screen readers are going to go go like if uh, if it's um, if it's a table so rather than going um, you know it, it, rather than going percentage one two three four five five uh, then you know I don't know football score Arsenal Liverpool rather rather than going uh, Liverpool one 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 four 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 two four you know. <laughs> Depending on the order of which you read the table, it makes no sense or it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like tab order and that sort of thing. Is, exactly. It's but, exactly. So yeah. that stuff is there, but making developers aware that that stuff is there, that's a job for somebody. And now somebody making us aware of regular sighted people that you can help accessibility. In fact, you're the people who should be helping with accessibility because for a blind person and they hear tab, they don't see that there are four other boxes on the screen that don't have anything filled in because they can't see them. So uh, you need to be the one filing the bugs, but you've never done anything with accessibility before. So who do you call? Where do you go? Well, you go to somebody and you log a bug and well, you know, you then you get the the regular old problem with free and open source software. Where is it? Is it downstream or upstream? Or which project is supposed to be looking at it? Do you file it under accessibility? In in, in Debian, the process for filing accessibility bugs is this. In Fedora, the process for filing accessibility bugs is that. So it would be handy for people you have you have a, to, to come up with a website or something. You have you have found a problem with accessibility. Click here. What is it? It's in Fedora click it's in kde click it's here in this it's in this application click 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 this is where you need to report the bug this is the contact person that you need to talk to about it anyway this, that was just kind of where i am now at the minute in in thinking about this yeah 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 okay uh mike had another comment a uh, fair comment basically about uh you know basically what i said at length there and he's wondering about uh, whether the React OS guys are going to get around to um, reverse engineering the Windows accessibility stack, which would be an interesting one to do, actually. Indeed. Okay, sorry for boring you to that there, Dave. We'll move on to the next one, which is Fedora OpenSUSE uh, Lumos El Os. I have to say that right because it was brought up. I'm putting a H or something in there. Own Cloud, Enlightenment, Tizen, Colab, KDE, and LibreOffice. Some cool stuff here, actually. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I've lost my place here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Open Cloud was, I chatted to the Open Cloud man and, uh, they're very pushy. <laughs> Have you tried it yet? Yeah. And the answer is no. But uh, and Colab looked amazing too. I, uh, that was that was good. And I really enjoyed your discussion with Aaron Saigo. That was the that was the highlight of this one for me. I was uh, I was actually pretty uh, impressed with um, you know obviously uh, 
Red Hat talking again to Fedora and their team. They really uh, are a very professional type of organization. They had a good answers to the uh, accessibility uh, questions. I was impressed with uh, Sarah from the OpenSUSE Foundation. And I think a lot of people, you know, there was a lot of discussions about getting um, more of the female hackers uh, um, out and about. And I think a lot of people made an awful lot of effort to get their, uh, um, there seemed to be a lot more female hackers around this year. Uh, people probably made a concerted effort to encourage their female hackers to um, to come out and make sure that um, they were giving a positive uh, view that, you know, uh, there are um, all all walks of life in this particular project and, and get involved. Is that something uh, you noticed as well? More? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, having a, uh, a daughter who's trying to be a scientist, I tend to look for the sort of male-female ratio because she's 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 very strong on on this. You know, uh, the, the her her future role as a as a scientist and so forth. So yeah, um, it's. Uh, it didn't didn't seem to be too bad. I don't know how, what she would have made of it, but uh, seemed okay to me. Well, it wasn't fifty fifty, but it did, the, some of the projects, each of the projects, seemed to have made a concerted effort to that they had developers who are professional uh, professional developers working for the team, long history of working on the team, and they were there. Uh, all there were also female females among those among that group. What about the Tizen thing and the Enlightenment thing was quite interesting that they were uh, working together, which is also nice. Yes. Um, I really loved, personally, the uh, Tizen uh, Pavel's discussion about the uh, uh, automatic testing uh, stuff that they developed, which is really cool. I'm looking forward to the Tizen phones being open. And by that, I mean available, because the ones that have been released so far have been seem to be very locked down. So I would like to get my hands on one of their phones. They seem to be like proper Linux devices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just jumping on to the KDE stuff, I was most impressed. I know you meant, you mentioned this to me while we were there, actually, about the business of activities in KDE, um, which yeah. has always been a bit of a mystery, and, and it was sort of seemed to come a lot clear, become a lot clearer as a result of uh, your your interviews there as to what it was for yeah exactly i'm um, and we got the uh, breaking news we got the uh, <laughs> the kd uh, uh what was it new one was it the neon neon kd neon yeah uh, that's right kd neon uh, was just launched i he said hey i just turned it on there right now uh as we come up so we had a a breaking uh, breaking story here in hpr and uh but it, it seems I'm very tempted. Uh, I was just telling you beforehand. I've I've installed it on a, on a spare laptop here, and I'm trying to do a pure KDE type experience to get a feel for that. On my work laptop, not hundred percent sure I am ready for that yet. But uh, I'd like to see full on KDE with all the desktop, you know, integration and the integration to the personal manager and the integration into keyrings and that sort of stuff, just to see how that works out. Well, the impression I get from hearing about its development is that it's going to be fantastic. But my personal experience so far has not been that good. But I think it's probably because I'm I'm running Debian testing where a lot of 
broken bits are tending to uh, to to appear so um, yeah it's been the i know from personal experience with fedora it's pretty broken as well even now i'm, I'm 23 i just upgraded from 21 to 23 and a lot of stuff is broken but anyway that could be because an upgrade is not a recommended thing to do so i'm on the i'm on the fence as to whether i'll try a clean install and see how that goes but anyway i needed this machine to be running tonight so um but i, I particularly enjoyed the aaron psycho interview i was just uh, after the interview i was going hold on i know that name from somewhere hold on. and then yeah, realized it was, uh, <laughs> who it was yeah that's great so um comments do you want to do the yeah comments? yeah far ahead far ahead um we had a comment from trent palmer on this one awesome episode he said a uh, fantastic episode of Hacker Public Radio. I spent this afternoon driving around southwest Washington in the liftgate tractor trailer making pickups and deliveries while listening to this collection of interviews from Fosdem. And I must report I'm entertained, inspired, and informed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hacker Public Radio 1958 is an awesome podcast. Well, now, Dave, as you know, I was tired and exhausted when I came back from FOSDEM, so much so that like I, I had a tough week and then I went into that and I came back for several more tough weeks. And when that was posted, I was, uh, you know, it just puts a smile on your face, some positive feedback like that. that that's that's what the comment system's for, you know, those sorts of comments that just lift you so much. Cool. Perfect. Do you want to do Mike? No, I can't. Uh, I can't do... You like, can't. You can't comment on your, your own. <laughs> so uh, Mike says, uh, second what Trent said, and more. Thanks, Ken, for three or was it four shows containing a blistering array of interviews from Fosdem. Sheer variety of subjects and projects covered was impressive. It must have been tiring, and I hope you didn't sacrifice your own enjoyment of the event to bring us the range of interviews you did. Um, highlights for me were mostly the last one: Pico TCP PTX dist and bear box matrix and the knitting lady siobhan she we had difficulty typing as i would uh was a delight and a good one to end on i very much agree with that i wish they were more like siobhan at my local lug indeed again i, I didn't get to do a lot of those interviews which I, I love doing you know just random people interviews <laughs> um the following day k building level two mozilla apache jenkins x uh, XWiki, DocuWiki, TikiWiki, and MediaWiki, LFS, Perl, Backhurst, uh, Koala, Google, Summer of Code, Ultimaker. Yep, that was a good one. Uh, the my as I was listening to the notes I made to myself, whether I enjoyed the the wiki ones. I'm fascinated by wikis, and uh, I enjoyed hearing things about them. I always want to go and look at more more about them. They were all together on the same table, weren't they? Yeah, they, except for the media wiki one, which was more a data data wiki thing. They submitted the um, the boot themselves as a as three projects, and Fostem are very much into that uh, project sharing and collaborating. So they gave them a table, which was awesome. Yeah, I chatted to the media wiki girl um, who just happened to sit beside me at one point when I was having a rest. And she, uh, yeah, it's quite interesting chat with her. Didn't have a microphone with me, though. Dave, Dave, how could you? <laughs> I, like, uh, I'm not Ken. I can't do it. 
Go on. Well, I, I just do that to get, her, get across my own shyness. You put a microphone in somebody uh, in somebody's face, and suddenly you can ask all these interesting questions, and you're not Ken anymore. You're Ken Fallon, Hacker Public Radio representative. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, the Pearl, Pearl thing was fun. Uh, yes, go on, you did. You, you I, well, I just uh, let me see the the Mozilla one. I would have I would have liked to go more into detail about you know a lot of the controversy, but you know again that wasn't possible. Um, basically, it wasn't possible. Um, Apache I thought was an interesting interview because you got the history of the Apache Foundation. I think they're they quietly chug away in the background and not getting the credit that they deserve. They get actually lambasted a little bit because of the open office thing, you know, so that's not their fault. You know, somebody chooses a license and follows the procedures and goes into the thing. You know, what can you do? Yeah, right. And then Jenkins, another good project, three wiki, document wiki. And I did enjoy the um, Linux from scratch, if for no other reason that, uh, yeah, that was one of my first distros, the, the guy, uh, one of the guys in work at one time, I asked him what distro do you use, and he said Linux from scratch, and then I uh, proceeded to install that. Yeah, well, that's that's very brave. <laughs> yeah, I've looked I didn't at know it. Was never... brave at the time. <laughs> I've never, I've never really had the the enthusiasm to to do that. To be honest, I should, but haven't. It it does really make a lot of stuff uh, very clear to you it, in a way that people say, yeah, if you do a, a source based distro like um, like Gen two or something. That's like that. the bunny Gen two. I was thinking about their emerge system. This really goes down to GCC. Your GCC compiling your distro. You are writing the distro. It's it's actually very awesome. And he had a he was a blind user, so um, he had a nice uh, or not a nice, but he had a braille reader and stuff on his uh, on his desk. So ideal there. Does everything in, in Emacs as far as I can remember. And then we have Pearl again, Wendy and uh, <laughs> and Cole. Yeah, I know. I, I always like to go and hang out there if I, I possibly can. And uh, they're, they're, they're so friendly over there. It's, uh, so it's very nice. They are indeed. They are indeed. The Baghurst have got their website up. So uh, that's at baghurst.org. Got, yes. Uh, what is, yes. uh, is Baghurst? <laughs> it's like completely and totally unprepared. I had no idea, no logo, no nothing for them. No, it's it's quite. Uh, <laughs> I I found myself a little bit stunned by what they would say. <laughs> yes, and then we had the Koala uh, uh, language analysis tool, so which was kind of interesting, and of course Google's Google Summer of Code, and my favorite place to work in the whole world. It'll be uh, um, Ultimaker. This is my background is mechanical plastic engineering. It, it yes, it was very cool. They had they had a sort of several stacks of these machines, which they 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 built devices to allow them to stand one on the other. I guess. Yeah, it's like the uh, the shiny three D printers and shiny LEDs, you know, guaranteed to make any geek. <laughs> well, it, it, it was just sort of. It was gobsmacking. It really was watching all these devices stacked in a in a in a stack, all all merrily building things. It's just, uh, you know, just gonna tear my eyes away from it. Yeah, and there was like just a pile of 
people in front the whole time working, uh, looking at it. So excellent. Mike Ray commented, uh, liked the interview, especially the LFS guy. Didn't quite grasp whether he himself is visually impaired, but he spoke very... Oh, yes, he was. He was uh, uh, blind and was using a Braille reader. And, um, yeah, nice guys, all of them. Indeed. So, next day, FreeBSD, Matrix, Brandrino, Butterknife, KY Hardy, Core Boot, Open Embedded, Pico CCP, and PTX. Dist, Java Card Pro, Knitting, and of course, Fenster. And the, that was the FreeBSD interview was uh, with Ed. We met him on the bus. We all got lost at the same spot. Through no fault of my own, I might add. No, no, that, this was a new phenomenon of a a tram that comes towards you with a certain number on, and when you get on it, it changes the number and goes goes in a goes completely wrong direction. Yes, <laughs> which uh, you know, it's a Belgian uh, thing that that uh, I've never encountered before. Yeah, we will we will know to ask. I obviously we always seem to have like strange public transport adventures in Belgium. But I don't know. Anyway, then we had um, uh, Odvars with uh, Matrix, which is a cool, um, basically standard. For um, we were looking at that in work as well, just to do inter inter uh, teamwork. Brinduino, which is awesome, excellent stuff. Did you did you see that even? I didn't actually check that one out. A, a lot of these places were so busy. Yeah, and I went the, to them the, like, these I, were guys were mobbed. They were absolutely mobbed the whole yeah, time as well. Yeah, it was there, there was? Um, I think Fosdem was. There were more people. Uh, this year than there had been in previous years, to, to my experience. Uh, that's the, what the reports say coming back. So everywhere was so packed um, that I wanted to go to. <laughs> so yeah, I went exactly. to the. So I, I went to the Pearl to- room and just sort of occupied a seat there Stay for as long there. as I possibly could. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm here. No, you can't get me out. I've been uh, looking at the videos actually as well. So it's, it's because I completely missed every part of the show except the uh, except these ones. Then we had uh, butter knife, and I can't help but think that I heard of a project that does exactly this thing, like a clone of Ghost. But I cannot find it. No, I, I don't know anything about that. I'm afraid. That was a, a way of blasting machines out, just cloning them and putting uh, Ubuntu on them and updating them. It was pretty cool. And then the Pi Herdy was like a, a, a Herdy Gurdy project, um, a musical instrument made out of uh, clear plastic with uh, I, uh, yeah. I I'm quite interested in musical instruments of various sorts. And I did follow up all the links on this one. It's some amazing work there. It's yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. I didn't actually go and visit that one myself, I'm afraid to say. But uh, yeah, so thanks for that. <laughs> and unfortunately, there was no... Um, uh, I can't get a, a recording of it. Because, uh, as well, couldn't trace down uh, a recording I couldn't of it. Find, no, I couldn't find one either. And we were uh, we caught up with Carl Daniel Halfinger from Core Boot and Flash ROM. And I was so annoyed because he, uh, during their booth, they have a, 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 you can bring over a laptop and they'll uh, install Core Boot on it. And I've got a Chromebook here that is more or less bricked and they will recover it for you. So I was going, 
oh, I just couldn't believe it. I was trying to catch up with him all day, and uh, remember we were walking over to the uh, K building. Oh no, it wasn't with you. I was with um, JWP. We were, and I bumped into Carl, and he. Um, I've been trying since then to get an interview with him, and I was thinking, oh, there's only going to be a few things, but he's they're really in the last year. Uh, it's been really taken on as a as the bootloader uh, for a lot of projects and a lot of devices. Yeah, it's quite impressive. I was impressed with it last year, but as you say, it seems to have uh, developed a lot. It's highly desirable, isn't it? Very much so. And we had the uh, open um, open embedded, and we had uh, Pico TCP. Those guys uh, push really pushing the uh, TCP layer. Last year, I was a bit concerned about their dual licensing, but I. I think it's uh they're really clear clarify that for me this year um then we had uh ptx dist and bear box by alexander airing i must say this really went over my head <laughs> this whole uh the whole interview here with bootloaders and stuff i'm not i'm not that uh I really was asking some fairly basic questions here. It wasn't my my uh, thing. But really and, um, cool. No, I can't. I can't add anything there. I'm afraid it's not really my thing either. The Java Car Pro was was excellent. They uh, as an authentication method and as on his business card. You know, when people give you business cards, he gave me one of these uh, Java cards that I put in my computer and read it. And he has its own. Uh, um, uh, he's got business card and stuff written on the application in the card itself. It's just pretty cool. And then we had, um, at the last, I happened to be uh, outside the, uh, just packing up and I was talking to Siobhan about um, knitting and stuff. And then, of course, as required, we need to give credit to Fenster for the interstation music that has now become part and parcel of of uh, Fostem for me, at least. <laughs> Very good, yes. I now moving on, I promised it would be a fast episode, but I lied through my teeth, Dave, sorry. That's okay. It's hard not to talk about these things. It is, but there are so many fantastic projects. And again, when I came home I was so tired and, and depressed. Uh, just wrecked. Will I ever go back there again? And then you read through the interviews and you listen to them because even when I'm doing them, you're thinking of the next question and you're just scanning for words and making sure that you know we're getting everything in. And when you can listen to them and you hear about those projects and you go to the website and you go, oh, wow, this is a lot cooler than I thought at the time. Absolutely, yeah. I, I found lots of things that listening to your various interviews that I hadn't really picked up on myself by, by sort of craning over other people's shoulders. Um, and, and you know, it made me want to go and check out a lot of these things. Definitely on my to-do list. Yeah, and that combined with getting a lot of, you know, watching the videos, which is cool that all the videos are available online. I think you can, uh, you're actually better off because uh, Kai came with us and got sick and had to go home. So he... Uh, he ended up listening to our interviews and watching the uh, uh, watching the um, videos from the uh, from the halls. So that's how he experienced uh, Fostem when he got home. Oh, very cool! I'm glad he got to, got to see stuff. I haven't picked up on the videos yet. I know they they were in process, but I've not gone to see if they're all done yet. So it's good. kind of interesting. Again, you know, you 
if if people are listening to the in, or people you go to particular booths because you're interested in the particular booths and the and the cool thing about why I went the reason why I went to every booth is because I mightn't be particularly interested in it, but somebody else might be, you know. So that's why I wanted to do as many as possible. But uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, it's uh, it's it's good to be able to to sort of pass these messages on to to the the listeners because even if you're actually there. Um, it's not easy to to see everything, and uh, well, it's impossible to see everything. Uh, yeah, exactly. Visiting yeah. the the booth, so so yeah, it's a very and if you are if you are visiting, yeah, actually, that's what I mean. thanks, Dave. You reminded me. If you're visiting there as a person without a microphone, you don't want to monopolize people's time because there's so many other people. But if you're there with a microphone you can ask all the questions to make sure you've covered everything and they got the story because we've got these 16,000 listeners who are, you know, it's you're now talking to 16,000 people as opposed to um, just one person. And I've, I found that when I was listening, especially at the AW building, there were people following me around as I was recording so that they could hear all the questions and uh, hear the interview live, which is kind of cool. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you know, you're going to go up to a guy and you go, uh, what's this about? And then, you know, somebody else comes and they're talking and you're trying to listen to it. But you got this big, arrogant Irish guy who comes in and goes, right, I'm going to interview now. And blah, <laughs> give me the whole spiel. Yeah, 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 I can see that. You should hand out microphones to these guys and get them to... I've handed out a <laughs> business cards. So if they're listening to this, you uh, would be nice if you sent in a show. <laughs> Telling us about your experience of Austin. Anyway, another from one epic series to another epic series, the HPR New Year's show. Well, yes. What what can you say? <laughs> it was a hell of a lot went on there, wasn't it? It was, but I I really love it because it's this year. Uh, there was no pressure because we just released it whenever, so not recording the shows. And people come on, they chatted, and they left. Excellent, what it should be. Yeah, that worked out very well, I think. So the first one was education podcast trains and bikes, and uh, a few links there into the recumbent bike episode and the uh, model trains. Um, Open text yeah, podcast. Yeah. Wasn't aware of that actually. But some yeah, some quite good links there actually. I'd, I'd not not looked at that in a, in a huge amount of detail. Um, handsome pirate and his model trains. It's very impressive. I thought. Yes, indeed. Uh, more shows than those of interest to hackers. The second one, 1962 distros, wearables, distros, RIP Ian Murdoch, Chromebooks, Samsung, World War One, uh, Libra Planet, TTS, and more. Talk on Linux distributions, wearable computers, ctile.org. What was that? A fully featureable hackable, hackable tiling manager written in Python. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. Ian Murdoch passing away. I uh, don't think... Um, we need to any, add any more fuel to that particular fire. Uh, older Fedora image going for the Samsung ARM Chromebooks. Uh, Samsung makes tanks. Did not know that. Detailed uh, talk about World War One shipboard communications, of which I knew little and which I found very interesting myself. Yes, indeed. This is Handsome Pirate again, who's uh, 
makes a particular study of this, I think. And that would fall definitely under the heading of, of interest to hackers, me and yourself and Handsome Pirate. That makes three, one over the quota. Absolutely. The current state of uh, text-to-speech, travel, Linux and open source conference, what crowdfunded devices did we back? That's actually a very good uh, question. That would be a good one for uh, just generally, uh, you know, what crowdfunded devices you would like to see. And uh, then we had hacking uh, media devices, comics-based TV shows, and Star Wars without the spoilers. The next day we had uh, Dyson Sphere, Star Wars again, Spammers, Tyson, Kevy, TV, Security, Single Board PCs in general. Uh, Game of Thrones, is the Game of Thrones a Dyson Sphere? That's that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's, it's just the sort of opening graphics that, that set up this rumour, isn't it? I have no idea even what a Dyson Sphere is. Oh, that's that's a science fiction concept where a very very advanced civilization builds a sphere around their their solar system in order to trap all of the energy from the uh, from the sun from the the main star and uh, um, yeah, it's there's been some talk of some astronomical anomaly recently that that could possibly be a Dyson sphere or one Ooh, in the building. Very nice. But, yes, but uh, yeah. But I don't know. I've not watched a Game of Thrones, so I don't know anything about this. No, really I, speaking no, about it. <laughs> More Star Wars. Punking tech support spammers. That was quite funny. That uh, was good. Yes, I like that. Uh, I actually listened to that to that guy they that they were talking about. He they have like an old Australian chap, and he goes, uh, "You know, my daughter she normally takes care of this sort of thing." The um, what are you calling about again? <laughs> Oh, lovely, yes. yes. Uh, awesome. Uh, Microsoft failed Tyson Phone, which was interesting because they asked questions that were covered in the um, in the interviews that had just happened because I had uh, interviewed the Tyson guys, which is nice. Fancy TVs, security single board PCs, more Ian Murdoch and uh, Linux distros. Then we had cheap computers the following day, ARM, Audiobook Club, uh, Lights, Living, Orlando, Etching, pronunci- Pronunciation, Pronunciation, and Pranks. Can you buy a cheap new computer that runs Linux? The answer is no. This was a fascinating discussion, made more so by having Pokey back on. I really missed hearing him and the debate he had with... Um, Oh, Joe. Joe, 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 yeah. And I was screaming at Joe. Joe was talking BS, but then again, it was two o'clock and it was six o'clock in the morning and he had drank a lot. So, oh, there we go. I thought he did a fantastic job, actually, Joe. He, he, uh, he held up his end of the, <laughs> the argument very well. And, well, and he was, he was doing it quite deliberately to, uh, to cause there to be, you know, uh, a heated discussion, I think, wasn't it? There was, was, but the, I really liked Pokey comes back with valid points, and it was he was as I was thinking them, I was thinking shouting into the microphone. Pokey was asking the question and making the point, um, but Joe, of course, is good at uh, you know that's why he was on the podcast panel because he's good at stirring up the the uh, pond water. Let's put it like that. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all power to Joe with. Although I do have to say now, officially on the record, convergent devices is ridiculous. It will never, ever, 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 ever work. Joe's point about there being your phone being your only computing device is ridiculous. If you go into any computer, any office building in the world, there are computers on the desks. There may be laptops, but they are on the desks. And if you're running a job, I don't care if it's if you're editing a movie or you're processing in an Excel spreadsheet or you're logged in via SSH into 20 sessions. When you go to the toilet, you want to check the news feeds and you're not going to disconnect your phone, which is you now now is the device that's churning the spreadsheet that's connected into these SSH sessions or is rendering a video and suddenly all your work is following you into the john and falls down the toilet and you have to go into your boss and explain why you've just lost four days work because your phone fell down the toilet convergent devices is never going to happen it's a thing that sony uh, ericsson was on about five ten years ago forget about it it's ridiculous it'll never happen it's um it's snow crash it's the (laughs) it's the fault of snow crash isn't it you ever read snow crash the uh, sci-fi yeah that's what all the all the, the cool guys have. They have a unif, unified device that they, you know, carry in their pockets, and then then it's got infinite amounts of power and stuff. It's, yeah, it's that's, that. that's correct. They have that. That's fine, no problem. But when you go into the John, you don't want your SSH connections, your work stuff, following you in, right? So picture this, right? You have your phone connected. You got all your uh, Skype contacts. Uh, you know, people talking to you on work, you've got your email following you in, you're sitting there and in the cubicle next to you, the phone rings, you know, doo, 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 Skype phone and the guy answers the phone. Yeah, do you want, do you really want that? Socially, we are not ready for that. I don't want it at all. No, 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 no. But it's, it's, it's gonna, this is the, this is the vision, isn't it? This Although that's it. The... I did hear a guy join a conference call in the toilet <laughs> this year. That happened. Great, yeah, yeah, yeah. God. I'm sure the background noises were wonderful. Well, I made my efforts to contribute. That's all I can say. Anyway, cheap new computers, arm pranks, naval warfare, uh, or audiobook club, uh, some after hours Linux phone conference, Christmas display lights. Oh yeah, we need more of that stuff. Southern living and booze, visiting Orlando, fun with etching, pronunciation of towns names, pranks, naval warfare, which was another uh, rehash of that. Strange steam badges, scanning photos of kids art. That was me. <laughs> and uh, happy 2016. Cool. Oh God, more Ken Fallon. <sighs> I uh, don't do a show. F- I get all my shows in in January, so nobody can uh, <laughs> complain that I haven't done a show. All right, yes, this you. I was telling you about this. Did you even? It was adding SQLite as a de- data source to SQLeo, and this is the. Uh, it's like a graphical tool for working with the SQL databases, so you can uh, do drag and drop queries. So this table into that table into the next table and you know doing unified joins and that sort of thing i wasn't using it for that but did you get did you did you finally understand what i was asking when i first when you first mentioned this i did we speak about it or we, we didn't email I, I didn't i didn't get it i didn't know what the hell you were doing here but when i listened to your your episode i did 
but and and it looked very cool. I thought it was really good. Um, the the SQ Leo thing, which is a sort of a schema display and edit thing, I take it. Yeah. No pictures. I needed pictures. I wanted to see what it looked like. Step by step instructions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just winding you up. <laughs> this is I'm doing your trick for your full step by step instructions. See here and Epps HPR nineteen sixty five. Very last line. Seriously, tell me you was was that was there pictures? Was the pictures there? There's a full transcript with pictures. Not pictures of what the actual. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. This, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So when I was writing my notes, I was I was obviously high on something. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Dave, 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 <laughs> Dave, okay. Dave. Take Dave, it back. Dave. I take it back. No, the the notes are great. The notes are beautiful. Well, again, this is one of uh, is one of the things for myself later on. But this guy, this guy is cool. You know, I paid ten ten euros, and I've got about six different releases since then. So pretty cool. Yeah, it looks. I'd like to play around with it. It looks like fun. Swift One Ten had a "What's in my bag," and he, his bag is extremely heavy. He will have to be careful with his bag. I'll tell you that for nothing. Sony Vio, a Lenovo, an iPad Three, Galaxy Tab Three, Android phone or cables, charging cables, iPod Classic, all well, USB drives. A lot of uh, a lot of interesting stuff there. Another guy, I think I'll uh, I'll mug someday as he walks down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. Pictures would have been nice, but that's just me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, not everybody's as fascinated by show notes as you and I, Dave. Unfortunately. True. Nacho Jordi, how I saw the Linux light at the end of the Windows tunnel, and this was a uh, this was a new uh, user coming to to Linux. I thought it was very nicely done. He apologised about the ambient sounds. I thought it was great. I thought I like that just added to it. Love yeah, it. yeah, I like that. So, so long as the audio, yeah, sometimes it can be too much. And yeah, people yeah. also stop to, stop complaining about your accents, I, especially uh, people from south of uh, south of the US, um, complaining about their accents. Don't. It's having knowledgeable people come on, explaining stuff to us with different accents is awesome. It's absolutely cool. Breaks down stereotypes as well. So keep them coming. Absolutely. I made a note that he mentioned the Sinclair Spectrum, which sounded like pretty good fun. So. Like yeah. to hear more about that? I uh, yeah, so would I. I never had, uh, never did have one. I know a few people had one at the time, and uh, of course, I, I wouldn't have had enough money to get my hands on one of those. So, there you go. I had a BBC Micro, so uh, at, uh, at that time, I got my hands on one of them in college. They, what? Uh, uh, there was only two left by the time I, uh, so I ended up having to do it via, with a my. Hardware stuff that is on the GPI port that a Raspberry Pi would have done absolutely perfect for, but uh, alas, that was a long, long time ago. Anyway, first show by John Doe, was it? Was it the first show? Uh, First time caller, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he did a show on multiplexing rapper, uh, the Bayubu, Bayubu. 
Ubu, which is I've used once way back when it came out and it absolutely borked my entire uh, screen session to the point of having to remove it, remove all the config files and reinstall it. I'm sure it's come on along since then. It actually made me tempted to use it, but I'm I'm finger muscled into the hotkeys and screen now, I think. Yeah, uh, BioBoo, I don't know how to say it either. I, I have used it. I don't use it regularly, but I do. I have got it set up on one of my Raspberry Pis, and it's quite useful for, for doing that type of thing. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was good good to hear about. But as you say, it's it's um, depends which one you're used to. It's like buy an Emacs type of argument now. Yeah, exactly. Still might be useful to give it a goal sometime. This made me seriously think about it again. Maybe I'll do it on this uh, on this clean um, uh, clean KD neon machine I have here. And Josh Knapp. Uh, doing a show on the horrors of spam. I think this one was dedicated squarely at you and I, Dave, if nothing else. I, I rather felt it might be, yeah. <laughs> and I think, uh, yes, I think he's quite right. Uh, we've we've had a... Uh, Josh has put in a lot, a lot of effort on tidying up the spam thing. And I think it's sorted now, Dave, don't you? It looks like it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's um it has been pretty horrible. I, I do sympathise with Joss's Joss's point of view with this because it is it's a it's a difficult position to be in being a hosting provider and stuff. So uh, I'm surprised uh, I, actually how low the amount of spam he gets is because I remember working at an ISP and 98 percent of email messages we were getting at the time was spam. Having worked at a university, spam was total bane of our, our existence for for many many years. Yeah, and especially with the draconian measures that people are taking uh, about blacklist and IP addresses, you know, you're you're as an ISP provider, if your range gets blacklisted like that, then um, that's it. You're out of business. You know, if oh yeah, yeah. which which is basically the the short and short and summary of that is if uh, any email goes out um, and it. Is uh, goes out at all from your from that IP address, and you get on one of those blacklists. You're never coming off it. It used to be that it was very easy in mail clients to submit uh, what you thought was was spam to to one of those blacklists. Yeah, yeah. Black we, House we used to or suffer with like that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we used to suffer with that at the the university with students saying, "Oh, I don't want to read that. That's spam." Bam, and then you'd find that. Some something, some external organization or your organization itself or whatever was had been blacklisted, and then you had a hell of a job trying to get it un unblocked. Yeah, I remember uh, one time the the entire ISP got blacklisted, and then they had to block for every customer uh, port twenty five going out, so that they had to use a proxy to get out. It was the only way we could uh, solve the problem. But anyway. Yes, more power to... Uh, and again, uh, plug to anhonesthost.com who uh, basically sponsor all the hosting and the bandwidth and everything else to do with HPR. And uh, as soon as Josh goes on vacation, you're guaranteed that we will be bugging him for stuff. <laughs> yes, he's very long-suffering, isn't he? He's a, <laughs> he's a pretty good guy. He's a good guy, all right. Anyway, 
um, the following day, how I got started with Linux by Swift uh, 110, who's quite often again on the uh, IRC channel. And uh, very positive story about uh, getting into uh, Linux basically as a, a cost thing and uh, seeing all this all this software that's available for free and gratis and stuff very uh, very inspiring I thought actually and similar to my own uh, journey in many ways yeah indeed no it's it, it's good it's these these stories are always great and this was a good one Okay, the following day, Blink Stick led me to spend four hours on certain websites. Oops. <sighs> yes, 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 yes. And I ended up ordering <laughs> uh, 70 euros of stuff from Conrad um, just as a result of going through this, through this, through this. But I've decided finally, Dave, thank you very much, that we don't have any under lights in the kitchen. You know, right. renovated the mm-hmm. kitchen last year and uh, mm-hmm. under worktop surface lights. I was going to get LEDs from Ikea, yeah? And yeah. then um, I was tinkering with going to the Adafruit to get their lights because they're you know, they're more professional and they last twice as long as the Ikea ones. But with this, the Blinkstick Pro, you can link it in directly into the Ikea light. Yes, uh, you can, yes. And for 20 euros, I can test my programs because, Dave... It's very important that the lights always work, Dave. It, it <laughs> might be cool that they do disco blinking, but the lights have to work when certain members of my family come down and uh, turn that switch. So, which is why I was thinking of using the blink stick to control the red, green, and blue, or the RGB ones. And on the Adafruit is selling a, a four, Dave, a four LED light with a natural white one which I'm thinking of controlling independently on the light switch. What do you think of that, Dave? <laughs> uh, I think it needs a show there, again. I think Oops. so, Dave. And not only that, I have no idea how to do it. So if there's anyone who, say, I don't know, might have automated their chicken coop lately, wants to give me a hand with that, I would be more than happy to uh, to send them a blink stick to, uh, to uh, see if we can get this thing working. Because that would be cool. A light switch, Dave, or a dimmer? For the white one and the other ones, then uh, controlled by a Arduino or a Raspberry Pi. That would be awesome. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, because it's cool. You can easily chain these things up. So you could have yes, three, yes, three yes. individual ones. So it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. You can do some fun things. See, the, the range of stuff at the Blinkstick site has grown enormously since I first uh, bought one. And, uh, yeah, I'm really tempted to get some more stuff, I have to say. And I also think it's just it's a... Very nice, small little project for, um, you, you know, it introduces you to capacitors, resistors, and uh, di- uh, diodes. Uh, well, that's, uh, well, uh, this is my story that we, we bought it, so uh, do some soldering practice. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, the um, Edinburgh Science Festival is coming up the end of this month, and they're doing soldering lessons there. And they're also teaching you how to do surface mount soldering, which... Uh, Oh, sure to sign up for. Yeah, yeah, you should be able to do it on your kitchen table. They say. So, how are they going to do that? Yeah, can you bring bring the um bring your Zoom and just turn it on and leave it in the middle? <laughs> well, I should I should maybe go and pay for a course and say, can I bring this along as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
anyway. I mean, the Blink Stick, by good. the way, for those of you who didn't hear the show and go off on a tangent, is a small USB device with RGB lights that you can build yourself. And you plug it in, it basically is a USB stick with a light on it. And you say, how interesting is that? Well, Mr. Dave Morris ha- is scanning the HPR website and whenever the show comes in, he can bug me about it because his goal is flashing red. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's right. so, so many ways you could use this like in, in work if you know I don't know if the fucking if you get more emails coming in or write a script to check if the server's down or something you know it's pretty oh, awesome oh yeah absolutely well like I said my next project is going to use the pro with a with a NeoPixel ring which I'm going to mount in something or other and uh, yeah so I want to light up different different <laughs> lights depending on <laughs> events <coughs> the postman's at the door. Flash that one red. Yay. Ken hasn't yeah. replied to my email in the last five minutes. <laughs> oh, definitely that one. Yeah, yeah. And Sander Claxon as well, that one. Very good, very good, very good. Following day, 1972, how I got into Linux. My, fir- po- my first podcast, me rambling about how I got into the Linux, which is from Murshade's. Murshade's lead speak. And there was nothing wrong with the rough sound. I am fascinated, though, with why uh, he used an old Sony tape recorder to record it. It's, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm pretty impressed. And also, his Kentucky accent is awesome. Have we gone into... Uh, no, we haven't. This is still uh, February. So, yes... Loved the accent, loved the uh, the Sony tape recorder sounds. Yeah, it's. Um, I was very impressed with that. It's, uh, it's uh, reusing old technology for these sorts of things. It's, uh, it's pretty good. And accents are cool. You know, you need more accents. Yeah, it was, it was a good show. I enjoyed that. Turtle replied, nice show. Enjoyed your show. For your information, Icepack Linux had a release in 2015 based on kernel 310.66. To which um, Mirror Shades replied, thanks for the kind words heads, and the heads up on Nice Pack. No idea that they had made a comeback, which is excellent. I had never heard of Ice Pack until that show. No, I, I hadn't either. I, I don't think we've had one where it's been a duplicate of anyone's anyone's journey. Well, there have been similarities and uh, in all of them, but none that have been, oh, that's the same as some other dudes. I like the fact that he was uh, he he got, went back a little bit further than many people in sort of computer history, um, and uh, there was some interesting stuff there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the next day, nineteen seventy-three, I had a problem with this. Um, they, I have one hour and fifteen minutes of audio, but only forty-five minutes came through the uh, the playout. And I've tried everything to get it back. So I will be sending an email. Uh, Dave, can you please remind me to the list with a link to the source audio if somebody can help me fix it? Right. Uh, I'm just writing that down. And then we can, then I'll repost this and it's, uh, the full version will come down. So apologies about that. Uh, I think what happened was when I uploaded it over the hotel Wi-Fi, which was crap, um, that it um, something went wrong, and normally I tried all the things. I even tried sending it off to the audio uh, fixy people. Uh, can't remember what they're called, and they weren't able to do anything with it either. I was able to 
if I fast forward to, uh, to past that point, I am able to play it. And I was I tried then playing it an end player and looping it back through the um, Pulse Audio, but that didn't work. So I have yet to try taking the audio and splitting it up into two. So uh, I, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I, just... I just it was at the end of my tether and I'd all go over the stuff down so I haven't had a chance to fix it so I thought anyway it's too late now we'd have to repost it so better to wait to the community news see if somebody can fix it and then at least people listening when they hear the show coming down again they will realise hey fast forward to uh, 45 seconds in uh, 45 minutes in and then listen to the remainder of the show because it was it was it was a good show yeah, it, it, the recording level was great, actually. I was surprised that it, that it came out as well as it did, and it was an interesting lecture. He has done that lecture before, so it, if you go to the uh, GNU website, uh, slash media, I think, you'll get a shorter version from uh, a YouTube, a, a TED Talk, X, or TEDx Talk. But then you miss the uh, the Saint Augustus part at the end, which everybody here missed as well. But anyway, Saint Ignatius. Saint Ignatius. Thank you, thank you, Dave. I was very impressed. That's why I remembered. JWP did nineteen seventy four and uh, sent it through the upload. I in general was feeling bad about how donations worked in Ubuntu, and he had. Um, basically giving us feelings about how the various different projects get supported. Interesting summary, synopsis there. JWP does quite a good job at taking stuff and making a synopsis of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, he, he voiced his, uh, his concerns when we were, we were at POSDEM, so uh, it's good to hear him doing a show about it. Yeah, and I think he he had done some research then afterwards and gone and looked at the Fedora um, Fedora booth and their way of handling it and and uh, had gone round to the other projects as well, the Debian and um, and uh, Mint and stuff. So, good show. Don't be Indeed. afraid, people, to send in your own opinions and things. And then we had an interview with an Android app developer, which Sigflop, I think, was surprised to find somebody to talk to on Christmas Eve uh, about uh, Linux and open source. And yes, awesome, guys. There is no excuse. You can bring recorders to... You find an interesting person, you press record. This is how you do it. Sigflop, take a bow. That was great. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a good thing to do. And... Uh... The uh, the fact that it obviously was <laughs> at Christmas and everybody was rushing about getting ready for Christmas and all whatever uh, sounded that's quite nice. It was, like, it was it's like a John Colpy type episode, you know, where you've uh, you just grabbed a coffee. In this case, I was drinking in my mind a nice beer, uh, sitting at the table listening to them talk, and you know, as they were talking about the phones and passing them over, and you know, you could just imagine yourself, you know, feeling the. You know, I've got these three phones and uh, this is what I do and that's what I do. and uh, Awesome, 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 awesome. I guarantee you that was more interesting than <laughs> than being in with uh, certain other in-law families. So well done to... <laughs> yeah, it was, it was an oh, awesome thing to do. Oh, I'm going to have to edit that out. Kai, that wasn't about you, Kai. 
No, no, no. <laughs> yes, no comment. Indeed. And the last one, I think. Is it the last one? 29th of... Yes, indeed. 29th. You were... Introduction to said, Dave. One that I've requested many, many times. And it was excellent. Thank you very much. I oh, picked, thank you. I picked up a few things. Mostly that you used my bad grammar <laughs> as examples. You're such a horrible, horrible man. You couldn't it's tell nothing. me you couldn't tell nothing me that personal. they were fixed. I could fix this, you know, if you told me. I did, I have a bug open. That's <laughs> Hello, nothing personal, Ken, you know. It's just, yeah, it's just it's we just, expect just better. <laughs> I thought you might get the joke. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I, I do need to fix that then. I didn't know about the and, the and stuff. That was very useful. Yeah, it's there's nothing quite like the process of having to explain a thing to people yeah, to exactly. teach you how the hell to use it. Because I had sort of vaguely known about this in other contexts. I think it's, it's, it's the same in Vim and various others. It's not an uncommon thing. But uh, I had never used this in said. I've hardly used said to this degree uh, in in real life, um, so you know. Hopefully, people get get something out of the fact that I've I've dug around and revealed these strange corners. Yes, but also I hope people realise how the amount of work that you put into this because I know from myself and preparing for the um, XML episodes that I'm planning and doing, possibly maybe not ever. Um, <laughs> that you really need to know your stuff before you start doing an episode on it, and it is a it's a lot of work. Even your show notes are excellently awesome. I, I quite enjoyed doing this. I, when I was working at Lancaster University back in the 70s, mm-hmm. I, uh, I did an evening class for, for about five years. I used to run an evening class in Pascal. And oh, yeah. uh, I actually wrote a, a book to go along. It was never published, but it was a book that, that all of the, the students got. Uh, it was printed on line printer paper <laughs> and tied up with a piece of um, piece of magnetic tape just for a bit of a, a laugh. And uh, so I had I had enormous fun doing that. So I'm sort of uh, going over the same same type of ground again to amuse myself. Do you still have that, or is it copyrighted? I think too? I think the book. Yeah, yeah, it's still about. It's I've got a line printer, a faded line printer copy somewhere in the in the house. You I don't think I have the don't have the source anymore though. To try scanning it or something, would be cool. Yeah, I I wrote the. It was in the days of text processors, you know, yeah. like Mark Markdown and stuff like that. So I invented my own uh, text language and uh, wrote a Pascal program just to generate the the printout as well. So that Pascal was, was cool. my uh, first language in in college, as well. It's it's got a lot going for it. It's well, it had a lot going for uh, it. It's, it's been, been ages since now. I used it. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't do anything in it now. But, uh, it was uh, my students enjoyed it. That, by the way, that open bracket parentheses square bracket tilde open bracket close square bracket asterisk close square bracket thing. I have seen that so many times, and not figured out what it was. That it was just a revelation to me. That I know you say it in in the in the show that you hear hear. It's the most common example, and it is for some reason people seem to love replacing stuff between brackets with other stuff between brackets. Yes, 
Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> it's uh, did I'm I'm just nervous about making reading out complex examples like this, you know, because it's it must must come across pretty tedious if you're sitting in your car or something in a traffic jam. Yeah, listen to some guy wittering on about slashes and backslashes and stuff. But, well, uh, as know. it happens, I today will add to listen to two shows that uh Cyclops and yours and I didn't listen to yours because um I knew there would be examples so I listened to it coming back in the train and just read along. That's probably the best way way to do it but uh, I but thought I, it did need didn't need to be read for for you know if you're visually impaired or whatever maybe it's maybe it's usable to you there I don't know. Uh, Mike would probably be the best to comment, and no doubt he will. Cool, that was it for shows, anyway. That's right. Yep. Do you want to do the the um, the comments that uh, we haven't covered in the, as we went through the shows? Yeah. Yes, please. Far ahead. <clears throat> okay. So there are only only a few this time. Um, we had a comment uh, to show eighteen ninety six by uh, which was Eric Duhamel talking about user local software. And this was Boclodoa. Boclodoa? I don't know. Um, I have a directory for this purpose too. The name has changed several times. Currently, is Code from Beyond. Beyond my repo. <laughs> it is too long. Maybe it will change to Code FB or something like that. I totally agree with the need for some directories which are not touched by the system but only by the users. I don't like dot files dot d very much because it feels too generic for me then we had uh, 1919 by Zok which was a DerbyCon interview with Paul Koblitz yes and there was talk of a 3D template in there and I think Zoke sent that in, but I cannot find it. I cannot find it. So need to contact Zoke again to ask him to see if he can send that to me. Yes, it was it was Otto Localhorst, which is a great name. Um wanted a wanted a, a template of a, a Lloyd. A Lloyd being I discovered a uh, um equivalent of a sort of credit card for poking into locks and things, yeah. Ah, ah, very nice, very nice. Then on your never-ending attempt to get people to submit shows to your fountain pen thing so it can become a series. Hasn't worked yet, damn. I imagine people are working on that, Dave. You know what, the other day I was in a supermarket in Germany and uh, they had a wide selection of cheap fountain pens, Dave. And I was so close, Dave. <laughs> very, very close to buying one. <laughs> you will, and you then, will fall. Just to spite you, I didn't. 
<laughs> I, I can imagine that, yes. I yes. said if no. I had a fountain pen, I would be feeling to myself, I need to do a show about fountain pens, and then that would make it a series, and that would be playing into uh, Dave Morris's plan. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, NY Bill found a found an old pen and was talk was mentioned mentioned it. It was interesting how you recover it. Uh, he basically was uh, cleaning the thing out, and then uh, yeah, he, he pointed to his pictures of of him leaving it to soak in 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 warm water and things, which is the right thing to do actually. So uh, yeah, good, good. And you gave some tips about cleaning it out with a soft toothbrush, removing the nib. If it is removable, <laughs> I, I, I particularly like. Uh, at least for another HVR show here. Can you recount your experiences? <laughs> nice one, Dave. <laughs> well, you know, it's. Uh... You so want this to be a series, Dave, don't you? <laughs> not at all. No, no, I'm not bothered one bit. Me, me, not me. <laughs> um, Jonathan was coming, Jonathan Colt, that is. Uh, pilot. Uh, Metro and Schaffer. 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 Schaffer, Dave, say it. Schaffer. No, it's not the way it's spelled, though. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> anyway, Dave Bill, I recently got a Pilot Metro pen as well. It's very nice. Also, Trumpet Guy gave me an old S-C-H-E-A F F R Schaffer. Schaefer. Schaefer is the usual pronunciation. Well, it's wrong, Dave. You're wrong. And anybody who wants to record a show proving that I'm wrong may do so. Uh, ink flows a little faster with the Schaefer that is, than it does with a pilot. I can't decide whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, in my new position at work, I have to sign a lot of documents wherein... Uh, Whenever they're not in triplicate, which requires a ballpoint pen to put enough pressure in, I use one of my new fountain pens. Had to see what all the fuss was about. Uh, after these episodes prompted me to comment, comments than more comments than I can remember. Yes, that's because somebody's prompting these comments in an effort to make that a series. Although now I do have, I do have lots of images of uh, John Culp over the um, over the series of episodes that he's done um, in Lafayette, Louisiana. And I know that whenever I do eventually get round to visiting him, I will, his, his image of my image of him will, will be completely different to the reality. <laughs> it's always the way though, isn't it? I picture him now with a cigar and signing this, get out of my office. I like that. I like that. Yes. <laughs> anyway, you commented. I said uh, that name is hard to spell, meaning Schaefer. It looks as if it's German, so I tend to type S E H A E double F E R a lot of the time. It's an American company from around 1912, however. Ah, hence the pronunciation. So that's why they spell it that way, I assume. I used a Schaefer cartridge pen as a schoolboy, and I still have it, and I'm just in the process of resurrecting it. And I did, actually. It's a, it works fine. Um, there are various opinions about wet pens, i.e. ones that produce a lot of ink. heard them described as juicy, too. A broad nib, nib needs plenty of ink to be delivered because it deposits more. Finer nibs, conversely, need less. However, much lower quality paper doesn't suit wetter pens as the ink tends to sink in and feather or bleed through. Mm. On the other hand, a drier pen can be frustrating as the ink feed often doesn't keep up with the writing. Many factors to consider. 
God, just get a biro like everybody else, <coughs> why don't you? <laughs> Here's a pencil, man. Slate in a <laughs> slate in a nail will do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying the Metro. I'd love to see the Shaper. We need a show on your experiences. Do it now, do it now. <laughs> um, another aspect of fountain pen usage you might enjoy is the huge selection of inks that is available. I'm enjoying one called Ancient Copper from Diamine at the moment, a sort of reddish brown. So there you go. There's a show there, eh? Indeed, yeah. And never letting a show related to pens die. You also commented on uh, episode uh, episode number 1954, Grandpa Shows Us How to Turn <coughs> Custom Pens. And your comment was, great to hear that you have officially joined the League of Fountain Pen Wielders. You should get yourself a fountain-friendly writing pen. Fountain- pen friendly writing paper some from who Rodia or Claire Fontaine perhaps then have a go at writing stuff notes letters poetry whatever it can be a pleasure and very relaxing Mm, and you can also do a show about it Uh, yeah I do sound like a (laughs) you sound like me Dave I've turned you into me oh no (laughs) okay so, where are we? Fostem, send in your questions. They did. Uh, request PHP given a 500 error. That turned out to be a um, upgrade. PHP.ini um, Josh upgraded the backend, as all good system administrators should. And the PHP.ini got overwritten and our strange requirements of having massive big uh, limits on the size of files got turned back to something sane which for us isn't sane HPR in the press I sent out ages ago and um, it was uh, it was held up in the thing and then I eventually copped on to how to use the control panel that Josh had set up and I released it and this is just a, if people comes across come if you do come across stuff where HPR is mentioned in the press or in the in on the internet somewhere in a review, good, bad, or indifferent, I really don't care. We put it up because uh, it's uh, it's yeah, it's nice to know that it's uh, not only the people who spent the time writing the review, but also that we get uh, uh, we put it onto our about page so that people know we exist. <clears throat> cool. Then uh, David L. Winston had uh, the speech sentences during the intro, uh, asking how that was done. I pointed him to the um, uh, the exact line in the uh, script that does it. And if anybody wants to uh, improve that in any way at all, feel free to do so. That's on the GitLab, so uh, gitlab.anhonesthost.com. And you can sign up there, username, password, yada, 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 make the changes and do whatever you want to do, and then we'll add it or fix it. And the last one do you want to do? Sigflop. Yeah, this, excuse me, this was Sigflop saying uh, she made a mistake in the title of our show, 1975. And um, (laughs) 
this this elicited interesting responses. Jason Dodd came back saying, "Rose by any other name would still sound as sweet." He slightly misquoted that one there, didn't he? But anyway. <laughs> to which Windigo said, "Not if you call them stench blossoms." Quoting Bernard Simpson. Yes, yes, yes. So that that was fun. Okay, that's it, Dave. We're done. Let's go. Anything else coming up that we need to know about? I don't think there's anything. Uh, I don't. Is anything else? No, I haven't got anything else to uh, to add. Um, so right, that's that's me. Post shows, uh, folks. Post shows, and we would like shows to be posted. And if the current two weeks are full, post them out uh, in the upcoming weeks. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Alrighty, that's it. That's all, folks. Join us now! (laughs) I thought we were having a a song-free episode. Tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of... Hacker Public Radio. Radio! You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.